You're listening to Ask Dr. E, where Dr. Michael Easley answers your biblical or theological questions. Today's question is, if everything happens for a reason and things are predestined to happen, then why do we pray? How does prayer change things? I struggle with this area in my Christian life, and I think partly because I don't understand and don't know if my prayer makes a difference. This is from Jennifer. Excellent question. I don't know a Christian who prays who hasn't wondered this. There's a thing in the scripture, or philosophically, we call an antinomy, where there's two truths that exist that we can never reconcile. Okay. So free will and predestination would be two that you really can never reconcile. Because if it's predestination and we have no opportunity to trust Christ, then we're automatons, we're deterministic. If it's all free will, then we're ignoring a lot of the scripture that talks about the elect and the called. So some of these things we can't reconcile in our finite thinking. That said, scripture is very clear about praying. For example, uh, Ephesians chapter 618, with all prayer... Mm-hmm. and petition, mm-hmm. pray at all times in the Spirit with this in view. Be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And pray on my behalf, he continues. And then in First Thessalonians 5.17, which many of us know, and it's a little bit of an aggravating verse, pray without ceasing yep. and everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So a couple things. Prayer is not necessarily just petition. And I think a lot of us look at, you know, we have a prayer list. And if you're carefully to look through, I'm asking God for my friend who has cancer, that the chemo might help. I'm asking for a friend whose marriage is really in the drink. I'm praying for a child of mine that's not a Christian. On and on it goes. And we think by, are we somehow puppeteering God upside down. If I pray hard enough Uh and earnestly enough that he'll change his mind. Petition is just that. We're asking God to do something. He may or may not do it. But one of the things we are missing on prayer is the relational aspect. Mm -hmm. I love the ACTS, the old navigator thing, Uh adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Rob Morgan and I talked about this in our recent chat about if you spend your time adoring God for his character, who he is, what he's done, then you confess, and that confessional, I argue, is twofold. It's confessing the truth of Scripture, the truth of God, and yes, we confess our sins. And then T, thanksgiving, I'm thankful for the day, my wife, my kids, the the food on the table, the ease with which I live, and then as supplication. And my contention with that little acrostic is, You spend time on those first three, your supplication list becomes pretty succinct. So we're told to pray. We're told he cares. We're told that no matter how small the detail is, God is concerned. Hmm. So maybe in the petition and the prayer that, quote, is not answered, maybe we're learning about him. Mm -hmm. Maybe we're learning patience. Maybe we're learning God loves me even though things are not the outcome I want. Yep. So we have to look at prayer as more than a petition request answer Yeah. when I ask these questions. Yeah. So, I mean, I think a lot of times I think about prayer as, especially when you're talking about petition, I'm bringing certain things before the Lord and asking him to move 
in a way that I can't fix it, right? right? And he may or may not, just like you said, he may say, yes, Hannah, I'm going to fulfill this exactly as you imagined. I'm going to answer your prayer just how you want it. <laughs> and a lot of times he does not, or he answers it, but in a different way than I was anticipating. I wonder if a lot of the process is just for me continuing to, if you will, cast all my cares upon him, just the submission of like, Lord, these are the burdens I'm carrying. And so if I wake up with these burdens on me, Mm -hmm. I'm going to spend some time in prayer, literally trying to offload these burdens at the foot of Jesus and say, Okay, these are, these are yours. I, I can't I fix can't it this. anyway. Yeah, I can't do this I, anymore. If my child's undergoing chemotherapy, I can't fix it. Yeah. And I think the other part, to tag on what you're saying, many of the Psalms are petitions that end unanswered. Yeah. I will wait for you, David yeah. says. Or they end very truncated, and it's obvious that David or whomever wrote it did not get, quote, the answer. Right. And most of those song hymn, poetry, psalms are written much after the fact. Sure. 51 is not written during the middle of his, you know, tryst with Bathsheba and murder of Uriah. Yeah. It's not, you know, he's writing it much later after, and I, I would probably argue after even the consequences he endured. But that being said, just because we pray and God does not answer does not mean prayer is unimportant. We use words like ineffectual, uh-huh. or we might yeah. appeal to the prayers of a righteous man accomplished much. Yeah. yeah. But does that mean, okay, ask so-and-so because when they pray, people get healed? That's the Western view. Totally. I think when that person prays, they understand God's word. And Rob Morgan and I chatting about meditation, the best prayers are prayers from scripture. Yeah. The best prayers are Hannah's prayer or Stephen's prayer or Paul's innumerable prayers in the epistles or, I mean, take your pick, any petition that we go back to. The Psalms are a harbor for many reasons for people, and it has every emotion, every longing. I mean, even when David sins, he's asking God for forgiveness. He did not get a good outcome after his sins of naming the people or after his sin with Bathsheba and the murder of Uriah. He had severe consequences, but he worships God. So part of it, back to to Jen's question, particularly if my prayer makes a difference, I would say just reframe that a tad, Jennifer, and say my prayer does make a difference because I'm learning who God is, what his character is like. And lastly, you got three kids, Hannah. You don't do everything they ask. Right, because it's not what's best for them. And you're teaching them delay gratification. Yeah. You're teaching them brushing your teeth is really important. You're teaching, you know, routines, obeying mom and dad. And those things are hard one mm-hmm. with every child. Mm-hmm. And so we look at God as our father and we as his children. And so prayer is an interesting thing. Just a couple of, you know, quick promos. I love the book, Handbook to Prayer. I've talked about many times by Ken Boa. It's just an organization of scripture that you read back to God and then a little bit of a prompt on how to pray for that passage. Valley of Vision, a Puritan prayer book. A little bit King James english E, if you will. And then I've written a little book called Interludes, which is my own sort of you know, how I try to pray almost in a poem, psalm, aligned with scripture way. There's many such books out there. My wife, Cindy, loves Andrew Murray's Christ in the School of Prayer, a little bit harder read. Mm-hmm. Be that as it may, stay at it, Jennifer, and others of us who wonder, is it really worth it? Answer, yes. <laughs> yeah, it is. And and I think going back to her, I mean, exactly what you were saying, does it make a difference? Well, 
can we pray and ask God to move and act? Yes. But perhaps the bigger difference is in our own hearts and minds. Absolutely. Because prayer, at the bottom line, prayer creates fellowship with the Lord. And that's our goal, right? As maturing believers is to have a deeper fellowship, a deeper union with the Father. And and separate this idea that he's going to change his predestined will because of the way we pray. Right. That, I think, is where we get in trouble theologically. We're not told, you know, God's not going to change his character because I pray God, don't be just in this situation. Yeah. Don't give mercy in that situation. Don't you know heal no matter what. Sovereignty and providential care are a lot bigger than the way we pray for good outcomes. Now, I will say, lastly, pray things that the answer to which would glorify God. Mm-hmm. Pray for your neighbor's salvation. Pray mm-hmm. for your husband or wife's salvation. Pray for your son or daughter salvation, pray that they'll grow in Christ. Pray that a Christian who's living in sin will repent and come out of that sinful lifestyle. Those are things I believe that God wants us to pray. And that's not changing his predestined will. That's him intervening through God's word, God's spirit, God's people in another person's life. Yep. Well, what's fun is that we are doing a series on prayer over on another one of our podcasts, Michael Easley in Context. And that actually started this week. So this Ask Dr. E comes out on a Thursday. Well, Ask Dr. E's come out on Thursdays. In Context comes out on Tuesday. So when this airs, we will already have had one interview on prayer actually with my mother, your wife, nice. Cindy Easley. Yes. I think it's a four-week series on prayer. So anyway, if you want more on prayer— Hop on over, Michael Easley in context. You really need to listen to the interview with Barbara Brand. Yep. She'll be next week. It will rock your world. Yep. Anyway, that's Ask Dr. E. So if you've got a question, call us, text us, email us. The info's in the show notes. Ask Dr. E is part of the Michael Easley in Context ministry. It is produced by me, Hannah Seymour, mixed and mastered by Sonamorphic, and music composed by Jason Germain. 